I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan for a special emergency podcast edition. It is 3 a.m. Eastern Time on July, I believe it's 5th or 6th, July 6th. I, I'm losing my mind right now because it's just crazy, crazy NBA, NBA news. Obviously, I'm talking about the Dwight Howard trade um, no, but in actuality, Kawhi Leonard has ended up choosing a team signed with the L.A. Clippers, not the Lakers, the Clippers, and he is going to be joined by Paul George, who OKC ended up trading to the Clippers, and it seemed like Kawhi was going to sign with the Clippers and it was contingent on the Clippers finding him a second star, specifically Paul George. So my mind is it's it's been an hour. Well, maybe not even an hour, 30, 40 minutes since uh, Woj has dropped that bomb on us um, that Kawhi and Paul George are heading to the L.A. Clippers. So I had my brother, Michael Wu, to come on and talk about and give reactions, like very visceral reactions of, oh my God, wow, and this is crazy, um, as a result to all the news that ended up happening. And uh, yeah, it's just basically us reacting in real time to the trade happening. We have a couple things in the podcast that we get um, I guess a little off right now. Mark Stein has has reported that the the OKC Thunder acquired three unprotected first round picks from the Clippers, 2022, 2024, 2026, and two firsts from Miami, the 2021 unprotected pick, and then 2023 protected one to fourteen, so lottery protected, and then pick swaps of 2023 and 2025 with the Clippers. Um, So, yes, OKC ended up giving up a ton, a ton of picks. So there's some clarification on the picks. And um, they also added Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari uh, to that deal as well. So they gave up basically seven first-round picks. as a result of that. So uh, it's just crazy, crazy news in the NBA. And it doesn't stop. I just can't believe this is the result or this is the conclusion of basically all the big players in NBA free agency. And I don't know any other adjective other than to describe this NBA free agency period as my favorite word, like Andrew Mondi likes to say as crazy. So, um, thanks guys for listening into the podcast. Um, and let's, uh, let's hear from my brother. Hello. Hey Mike, thanks for coming on for this emergency podcast. It is just unbelievable the news that we've just heard 
Woj dropping a huge bomb. It's been a while since that you've come on to the podcast, but thanks again. And just do you want to announce what ended up happening about 10 minutes ago? It's uh, 220 on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm still processing this. I just can't believe that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be playing for the Clippers next season. Yeah, it's my my mind is still spinning right now. I'm not exactly sure what is happening. Um, so Adrian Wojnarowski, who's uh, infamously known as dropping Woj bombs left and right as the NBA offseason started, kind of released this tweet at two o'clock Eastern time in the morning. I'm about to go. I was about to go to bed, and I'm just scrolling through Twitter just to make sure nothing happened on the Kawhi front. And there it is, Kawhi landing with the Clippers, signing with the Clippers, and that wasn't even. I I think the biggest shock. The biggest shock was Paul George from OKC getting traded to the Clippers to pair Kawhi Leonard um, as that second star in L.A. And it looks like there's going to be that L.A. Clippers versus L.A. Lakers rivalry for years to come. Yeah, and I'm still shook that this deal actually just happened right now. I, I, I just It's going to be a really exciting next year of basketball. That's all I can say. Yeah, I I mean, can't believe what ended up transpiring over the past uh, 20 minutes. And I'm I'm just kind of scrolling through the tweets right now, and it looks like um, the trade package between um, the OKC Thunder and um, the Clippers, the Clippers are... is unprotected first round pick. Um, one protected first, two pick swaps, and then Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's probably their their uh, best young asset uh, for the Clippers, and then Danilo Gallinari, who's an expiring contract, kind of used as a as a salary type to match the salaries with Paul George going to OKC. So that's a total of seven draft picks potentially changing hands between the Clippers and the OKC Thunder. Just give me your general reactions to kind of hear like this godfather trade offer for Paul George. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm the Thunder right now, I'm actually, so yeah, my head's, my head's in a lot of different directions, but I think every side is a winner here except the Lakers, right? <laughs> Like, if I'm the Clippers right now, I just became, you know, a 7-8 seed, potentially, maybe on the fringe of making the playoffs. So, basically, the title, like, you're the favorite to win the title now. And, I mean, this roster is just absolutely stacked. Like, you have Patrick Beverly, you have Paul George, you have Kawhi Leonard, possibly, like, you know, the best player in the world um, right now. Yeah, um, you, you have Lou Williams. You still have Montrezl Harrell. I, I mean, you just need some rim defense from your center, and uh, I think this team is it's it's super well balanced in terms of you know Landry Shamit too. Like they have like their six, you know, five to seven guys that they could roll with 
in the playoffs. And I, I'm just like, I'm pretty astounded how this all came together, right? Like, if I am the Clippers right now, I'm like, wow, like, I, I'm going to win a title next season. Yeah, it's it's pretty mind-blowing to see the Clippers kind of make this all-in move, but that's kind of why you acquire all the assets that they did over the past couple of years and being able to try to make this big move for Kawhi Leonard and then uh, the assets to kind of have um, the ammunition to get Paul George. And it's just like astounding to me that this move has kind of been made. And I mean, on the flip side of things, I mean, there's so many different angles that you can kind of think about this story from the Clippers. It's an obviously a great situation. Um, OKC, it looks like they've gotten like a decent amount of assets and I'm saying decent. I'm like understating the decent um, mm-hmm. amount, like seven drastics potentially changing hands between uh, the Clippers and OKC is a dramatic number of picks. But you kind of have to wonder, like, how many of those picks are actually going to be good picks um, for for OKC to acquire? Maybe in the last, maybe the last three picks that they've acquired um, from the Clippers. Once like Kawhi and Paul George get older, um, might be great. But who really knows? And you can't really predict the future as to that. And then they still got Shea Gilgis Alexander and it seems like they're pivoting to a different direction um, in their franchise. And I'm curious to see, and you're kind of positing these, uh, this with me uh, through our text exchange before we got on the podcast was where, what happens with Russell Westbrook? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm looking through the teams here. I would love to sort of get your reaction to how the Thunder sort of came out in this entire thing. Like, in my opinion, I mean, they weren't going to win a title here. So to have their hands, almost like, you know, especially the front office is kind of not too saddened by this because, you know, it sort of accelerates their reset. But with Paul George and, and, you know, Russell Westbrook, they obviously weren't going to win a title, in my opinion, at least. Right, like you know, you, you lose in five games to a Portland team that ends up getting swept by the Warriors. It, it, it just, I, I don't think that that Thunder team had a chance of winning a championship. And I think the front office probably started looking at that as well. Um, my idea here is, and sorry, sorry. I, 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 I'm just like scrolling through Twitter very quickly, and it it seems like a lot of front offices around the league kind of knew that there was some type of tension between Paul George and Russell Westbrook possibly uh, at the end of last season and that there was some type of, I don't know, tension between the two players in terms of playing styles and not meshing together. And, wow. And that that might have played a role into OKC's thinking of possibly trading Paul George. Interesting. And uh, another Woj bomb. I mean, Danny Green to Los Angeles Lakers for two years, $30 million. Yeah, so it looks like the Lakers. And I think that that's a good Makes transition sense. 
Yeah. yeah, it's a good transition to talk about the Lakers in this whole situation of everything. Um, it talk, I, I just find it fascinating that he, like, with all the media reports over the past couple of days saying, oh, he's pretty much going to the Lakers or he's going to Toronto, and there was not a peep out of – Kawhi possibly going to the Clippers and him him ending up with the Clippers. What does it say about the Lakers and them trying to potentially fill out this roster because they aren't going to have any and and it's tough because they were obviously preserving cap space to sign Kawhi potentially, but then now they've lost out on a bunch of free agents in the middle tier that they could have used to help fill out the rest of the roster. And yeah. 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 And what a, what a mastermind, like very kind of sneaky play by Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Like he, he basically helped the Lakers out to drive for a week. So they couldn't sign any, you know, free agents. And, uh, you know, he just really set up his, uh, his Clippers up for a lot better position. Um, because, yeah, I'm not sure who the Lakers are going to get at this point. They're going to have to try and find some bets or some minimum guys or, you know, call some people up from the G League as well. <laughs> this this roster is, like, deeply, deeply flawed. They have no shooting whatsoever. They don't have a point card. I, it, I'm just not not positive what they end up doing with the uh, rest of the roster here. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're kind of they're going to be running into a couple problems in terms of, like, who they're going to be able to sign to fill it out. And it looks like it's going to be like this two-year project in terms of what it was supposed to be in terms of like the potential of possibly getting Kyrie earlier in free agency and then Kawhi. And it seemed like over the past couple of days with all the reports coming out that Kawhi was going to go to the Lakers and kind of make the super team. And now with them missing out on that, it's going to be extremely tough for them to fill out this roster. And I don't know what this team looks like other than Anthony Davis and LeBron James pick and rolls, but it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see like Alex Caruso probably getting significant minutes or like, you know what I mean? It's going to be like, I I don't know like what types of players they're going to have to like fill out this roster. So um, that's going to be fairly fascinating. And I just think from a big picture point of view, it, and I, 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 let's, let's actually talk about like what it means to Toronto because they, they're coming off this championship season and now it's going to be a letdown of this, like defending championship type of run for them. Uh, going into next year, especially without Kawhi, and then them transitioning into possibly like a new phase of their development. Yeah, I mean, for Toronto, I'm not sure how much of a letdown it is going to be per se. I mean, they just won a championship. It, it it's going to be somewhat disappointing to see Kawhi Leonard go. But do you really think that? Um, some of the Toronto and Canadian fans out there are going to really hold it against Kawhi? Or, um, no, no, do I don't. I think he'll still get a statue in front of the stadium after only playing a year with them and things like that. But I, it's right. just like, but it's, I'm sure it's still somewhat disappointing that he 
was just like, yeah, I don't want to come back. Um, mm. Even if they had a championship roster in place around him. And it, it really makes the Eastern Conference really fascinating in terms of who's the favorite now. And it looks like the early favorites are probably going to be between uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and 76ers. So, and I mean, yeah, and you could kind of argue both ways depending on which offseason you like better uh, between the the Sixers and the Bucks. But I think it, I think around the league as a whole, it kind of had, I think we're entering into this, this league of parody, like, and I think there's some clear favorites in the league. Like now with Kawhi going to the Clippers, it kind of makes them one of the favorites along with Paul George. Um, but it's not like a slam dunk guarantee that they're going to be the NBA champions next year. No. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, there's no, there's no Golden State Warriors here, which is kind of why I'm super excited for next next year's season. You just have all these like tower duos right now. You have Kawhi, uh, PG, and Clippers into Clippers now. You have you know LeBron and AD two in the Lakers, and I, I mean, I still think that that's the best duo out there. I just don't think that the rest of the roster is necessarily very fleshed out. Um, and as a team, I think the Clippers are above the Lakers, but. You know, Kyrie and KD, maybe not for next season. You have, you know, you'll have Steph and hopefully Clay coming back as well. But you have all of these, like, interesting duos. And, and the NBA is wide open, which is a really exciting thing. Because for the past, I'd say, like, three, four years, it, it, it never really felt open. Right. So, so give me your early, like, power rankings of teams with this move being in place and all the other projected moves that are supposed to happen once the moratorium, free agency moratorium is lifted and teams could sign players on July, uh, July 6th. What do you think, who do you think is your top three contenders throughout the league? So I, I definitely think the Clippers are number one. So, I'll, so the top two from, I'd say the West and the East, I'd say for the West, it's uh, the Clippers as number one. Um, that roster is just very, 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 like, it has a depth and it has a star power now. Um, the second one, uh, I would have it between, I'd say, the Lakers or, I mean, potentially the Rockets at this point. Got but, it. Um, okay. Those, those would be, like, somewhere in my top three. Um, and maybe to round it out as a fourth, like, I, I think what, um, you know, Utah is doing is, is pretty interesting as well. So for my, you know, East, I think that it's going to be the 70, 76ers. Um, I think that, you know, the Bucks may have taken a step back, losing some like key contributors like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, <clears throat> as a third, wow. I mean, the East just got a lot weaker with Kawhi leaving, but I might put I, – I think you'd have to put the Celtics up there as a top three. And, you know, the Raptors, I don't know where they go from being a top two seed, but they're probably some base. You know, maybe even Brooklyn becomes a top four seed at this point too. Yeah, and I think it's really fascinating to kind of see, like, 
where like the parity in the East and like what team is going to kind of rise to the top. And then I, I have a similar outlook in terms of what I think is going to happen in the East and the West. Maybe I yep. have Utah a little bit higher and maybe above the Lakers just because mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty with that roster. And, like, LeBron got hurt last year, so now you just never know, like, if one of those two big guys, LeBron or AD, gets hurt, then it just seems like they're pretty screwed in terms of, like, what their ceiling is in terms of, um, making the playoffs or not. We saw last year they had all those young guys and, Le- and and LeBron, and they still weren't able to make the playoffs, and LeBron played 55 games. So if LeBron were to play 55 games and KD were, and then, like, a bunch of G League-type guys play, um, along with Jared Dudley and um, Danny Green, it's I, – I don't know if that's, like, an inspiring enough roster to be a top-two seed in the West. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, I don't know if the Lakers will be a top uh, three seed. I, I just think they're going to be a little bit more dangerous than some of the other teams like Utah in the playoffs. Yeah, totally. So it's going to be fascinating. I, I don't know. Like, I just wanted to get you on for a quick reaction to see, to, to see all this news and like, I can't wait for the NBA season to start, basically. And, like, and, I, and what did the uh, Thunder do at this point? Do you think that this forces, like, an entire rebuild? Like, what happens to the Thunder? Yeah. It's, uh, what happens to Russell Westbrook at this point? I I honestly have no idea because Presti's, like, one of these guys that seems to kind of make trades uh, fairly willingly and kind of roll the dice on things. And it reminds me of that Westbrook team – a couple years ago when they let him kind of just go crazy and go for the, go for the MVP and make an MVP campaign type of statement. Mm. But it West, like He's 30, I think, right. I think Presti kind of knows what Westbrook is as a player. And mm. he, I think he's going to have a real question as to whether or not he is, he's, he is someone that they can win with and go far with. Um, in the finals, I I was just kind of shocked that OKC, even if it was for the seven picks and Shea and Danilo Gallinari, I'm just surprised. Yeah, still let Paul George go just because that's a second star. And but maybe they're they're thinking as an organization, hey, we're going to make a reset, and a potential Russell Westbrook trade is on the horizon, especially with his huge salary amount and I mean you were floating out a possible Knicks type of trade um, and I don't know maybe you'll get a lot of Knicks fans excited possibly if uh, OKC I love Russell Westbrook I love his heart I love the personality like I love his fight and but uh, you know if I'm the Knicks getting uh, Russell Westbrook at age 30. I, I'm not sure that I'd be super thrilled about that, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, at this point, I, I'm kind of interested to see what OKC does. Like, you can't ever count Presti out, but we saw Russell Westbrook. Like, it, it's super interesting that, you know, KD left, like, Paul George left, right? 
and uh, you know, both both of them have like their issues with Westbrook, right? And I can't I can't imagine better fix for Russell Westbrook to be honest than Katie and Paul George. Yeah, right? I like, don't who, I don't know who who else who else could be a better fit. Like I I, I guess like you could have like an Anthony AD per, potentially like someone who who does play defense and I I mean just like that that wing players who could shoot effectively, like that seems to be Russell Westbrook's like the perfect partner, but it just hasn't worked out, it seems. So I, I'm I'm super curious to see what OKC does with Westbrook. Uh, just to float out a few interesting thoughts here, you know, uh, I think Dallas, Dallas is a potential interesting destination for Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, you have your Pelicans potentially, um, you have like a lot of interesting places where Russell can potentially go. Like even the Timberwolves, to be honest. Mm, right? Interesting. Timberwolves, yeah. Dal- Timberwolves, Dallas, Miami Heat. I mean, I, I kind of that's a that's a dull team right there with uh, Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> I don't know yeah. if the personalities would necessarily like fit, but I I think that Presti eventually. You know, I think he does a hard reset at this point. He knows what Russell Westbrook is. Like, if if you're looking at that roster, like, you, you can't, you know, he's the type that he's going to go for the championship. I don't think that he, he I, I think he knows that it's time to reset. He's given it a lot of chances. He's tried his best on it. But I, I, I think that OKC goes for a hard reset because Presti won't be, a, he, I mean, they're 70 feet. I think yeah. they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs, to be honest, but I don't think like by far. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what it what this Paul George um, trade ends up signaling for this era of the OKC Thunder and whether or not they actually close the book on uh, Russell Westbrook's time there in uh, Oklahoma City. But yeah, yeah I it, what a fascinating way to kind of end. Um, and tonight because like i was about to go to bed at two and now <laughs> currently it's 240 on the east coast a little bit more palatable on the west coast at 1140 mm-hmm. so it's just like i i couldn't believe that he announced it at the middle of the night when mm-hmm. no media member and and like i don't know what it says about like all the media members like chris carter that was on you know um Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose, like staying in uh, Toronto. I believe that. I thought that, like Stephen A. Smith, things like that. And I think it's just kind of interesting how the media was like ninety nine percent going to Toronto, ninety six point four percent gonna go to the L. A. Lakers, and it's just fascinating to see like how those how those how those things change and I think you brought up a really good point to me in our private conversations through text was that the timing of this trade was fairly interesting in that it seems like Kawhi would have maybe would have signed with Toronto had the Clippers not been able to get Paul George in that trade right right I I don't want to say yeah, I I feel like that's the case. I feel like Kawhi would have just been this one plus one deal um, with Toronto if 
you know, if, if the Clippers weren't able to find a second star that Kawhi had wanted to play with, right? We're, we're reading on Twitter that he wanted to play with Paul George, um, which is an interesting fit, to be very honest. It's like two hyper-powered wings who kind of just do similar uh, things, to be very honest. But it, it, it's I, I think that Kawhi probably would have stayed in Toronto had uh, the Clippers not been able to find anyone. Um, just my two cents. Yeah, but those two players are like two of the most versatile defensive players slash like two right. like like if you have an Jordan opportunity Pippen, yeah. yeah, if you have an opportunity to get both of those players, then you get both of those players. And it's pretty amazing that the Clippers have been able to pull it off. And it's like it it's fairly interesting, like on both coasts the lesser of the two teams uh, the Brooklyn Nets over the Knicks prestige-wise, and then the Clippers over the Lakers have kind of taken the uh, spotlight away from their more famous crosstown um, rivals in the Lakers and the Knicks. So, um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to kind of see the, ch- uh, the cha- changing landscape of the NBA, and I just can't believe that this move has been pulled off. My mind is still spinning 30 minutes into our our conversation about all this stuff, and it's probably going to keep spinning as reports continue to come in about all the, the surrounding situation about how this trade ended up happening. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, and I just wanted what, to get your initial reactions on it. But, yeah, what else? And what, did, did, did I mean, what do you else add? What do you think of the haul that OKC got? Like, in terms of I, – I felt viewed as, like, a win-win. Like, if I'm Sam Presti, like, I know that the Warriors are into a dynasty, but I didn't even get to play them, right? Like, I lost to the Portland Trailblazers. So – and they're capped out. They have no more money to spend. They can't bring anyone new. Like, who's going to develop? Like, it seems like the okay, like Russell Westbrook PG relationship was going down and not up, right? right. So I, it, it's like if I'm Presty in the front office, I'm kind of feeling like not too bad about this, right? That's a that's an incredible haul for Paul George. I don't think that you would have gotten that any like it, it's kind of hard to find where you get that kind of deal anywhere else. Yeah, I think, and and I think if you're a general manager, if you're sitting in that position, like let's say you're Sam, uh, Sam Presti and you're trying to make that decision, it's it really takes a realistic a, approach slash, slash vision of the team that he has in OKC that he believes that this team doesn't have what it takes to get it done to get to the finals and make the finals and potentially win an NBA championship with how it's currently constructed. And for him to feel like he has the security to be able to do that is something that a lot of NBA general managers do not have. And I think a lot of people would kind of look at this and, and say, you have someone you have, you've done the tough work in terms of acquiring Paul George and having a, having uh, two stars in Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and all you really need is, like, one more guy to complete the puzzle to um, make perennial runs at 
Western Conference Finals and NBA NBA Finals and get, get having those chances and for him to have that realistic outlook on this team is a really fascinating and really I think such a hard realization to make as a general manager because you have your rose-colored glasses on all the time about what your team looks like. And I think a lot of GMs get trapped in that mode. And for him to have that, like, yeah, I don't think we're – it's basically saying I don't think we have enough to get it done is a fairly interesting way for him to look at the situation. And I think if you just look at pure value, I don't – like, you're never going to get that much for Paul George uh, realistically. Like, get basically getting the best young asset – in um, on the Clippers and Shea Gilgis Alexander plus Danilo Gallinari, who's a fairly competent like scorer, but like the seven draft picks is kind of ridiculous. Um, like that's almost unheard of to give that many picks up for one player. Like just think about what AD, what the Lakers gave up for AD, um, and it doesn't really get close to that at all. Well, it does, but it's just like all the and how you evaluate that and where like I think the pressure on the on like the Pelicans to get rid of AD whereas OKC didn't seem to have that public pressure to get rid of Paul George and 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 Presti's kind of evidenced himself as someone that's a forward-thinking GM in terms of making a move one year, rather making a move one year too early than a year too late. So maybe that kind of goes into his thinking and signals that. Yeah, I mean, Paul George, I, I guess he had a shoulder injury. To, I, I guess you never know. I mean, I, Paul George is not Russell Westbrook, though. It's like, he is not like the favorite son from OKC. Do you think that Presti has it in him to trade Russell Westbrook? And if so, where do you think he goes, guys? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think some of those uh, the targets like Dallas, I think, is a really intriguing fit. Like that would be fascinating. I don't know if Cuban does it, and I don't know what it would take for the Mavs to trade or get him without trading Porzingis and Luka Doncic. I, I don't know what it takes other than, like, a massive haul of picks. And then, yeah. like, okay, she's going to have, like, 15 first-round picks. <laughs> you know, it's going to be kind of crazy. Uh, I, I, I can see that. It, it almost reminds me of, like, NBA uh, 2K GM mode where you're just, like, acquiring picks and, like, turning <laughs> off – turning off the trade meter and just being like, yeah, I'm going to acquire like 20 first round picks. And like, this is the reality of the NBA right now, which is kind of insane to think about. Yeah. I just don't know who has the assets right now um, to acquire like, well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Presti's like how much he values Westbrook in terms of what, he would acquire in a trade, but it, it, I don't know. I, it seems like Westbrook's the type of guy and personality to not really force his way out 
and he's kind he has that mentality that I think a lot of people kind of respect in that he's yeah. just going to be like going into FU mode and saying like you know what I'm the only I you know I'm the only one let me play hero ball and see what I can do and try to carry this team so we're going to see a lot of 40 shot nights in the in the future of OKC fans uh for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean uh I mean closing notes go of any any other free I mean every domino has fallen in free agency maybe except for like you know Boogie Cousins. Yeah. Um, any any final thoughts on the free agency from you? Yeah, I have like I don't know what just happened. I'm I my mind yeah. is just spinning right now and I don't know what happened and I think this was just like the perfect crazy way to cap off like the crazy NBA off season of free agency because the first six hours of free agency when Woj was just tweeting out like a madman um, every move that was happening that was insane. And, like, with KD, Kyrie moving to the Nets and how formative, uh, like, basically how much of a turning point those six hours was for the NBA as a whole, that's kind of what I'm taking away from this free agency period. Anything from you, Mike, before I close it out? Um, I mean, it, yeah, this, like you said, like, this is probably one of the craziest, probably the craziest, NBA free agency that I can remember, like so much in the landscape has changed. Like the Warriors, that that era is over, right? That era is basically over, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's just a new era right now, which is really really exciting to see. You have a bunch of these duos right now um, with the Lakers, Clippers. I mean, Warriors still have their duo. Um, Brooklyn has their own, which you know I know we are extremely extremely excited for. Um, you have like these rising duos with the, uh, um, you know, Dallas Mavericks. You have Porzingis and Doncic, but uh, Rockets have Harden and, and Paul, right? There are all these like crazy duos. Oh, Trailblazers again, right? Like CJ uh, McConnell and, and, and Dane, right? Who knows how far they could go as well? But I, I'm just really excited for it. It's it's just so much parity right now in the league that we're just not sure what's going to happen. Yep. So, Mike, thanks again for coming on to the podcast on such short notice. Uh, it was great to have you on. First one in a while, and you weren't talking about the NFL. Um, so it was good to kind of have you talk about something else and, and get your feet wet in the NBA uh, talk that me and Andrew and Mondi, my good friends from school, uh, have been talking about. So thanks again for coming on. And, yeah, what can I say other than my, my favorite – a word uh, crazy. It is insane and crazy. So that's all I have to say. So thanks again, guys, for listening and tuning in to this special emergency Kawhi slash Paul George podcast. Um, and yeah, thanks again for listening. And if you guys haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe um, and like the podcast. And you can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts. So thanks again, guys. And Mike, thank you. I hope you hear this message and I hope it makes you smile. Don't worry about me, baby, because I swear that I'll be fine.
I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough